This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studio in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit shoptalkpodcaststudio.com. One hand in the air, if you don't really care. Two hands in the air, if you don't really care. It's like that sometimes, I mean ridiculous. It's like that sometimes, it's shit ridiculous. One hand in the air, if you don't really care. Middle finger in the air, if you don't really care. It's like that sometimes, man, ridiculous. Life can be sometimes ridiculous. I'm so appalled, spalled and bald, bald and Donald Trump taking dollars from y'all. Baby, you're fired, your girlfriend high. But if you don't mind, I'ma keep you on call We a butter law, we don't give a fuck about y'all I got dogs that'll chew a fucking hole through the wall But since they all love us, I need more rubbers And if I don't use rubbers, need more covers Housekeeping, I mean goddamn one time Let it be a bad bitch sweeping That know we get O's like Cheerios That know because they seen us in the videos That know the day that you played me would be the same day MTV played videos That was a little joke Voila Praise is due to the most high Allah Praise is due to the most fly Brada Baby I'm magic Ta-da Address me as your highness High as united 30,000 feet up and you are not invited Niggas be writing bullshit like they gotta work Niggas going through real shit, man, they out of work That's why another goddamn dance track gotta hurt That's why I'd rather spit something that got a purse Champagne wishes, 30 white bitches I mean the shit is fucking ridiculous Fucking ridiculous I mean the shit is fucking ridiculous Five star dishes, different exotic fishes Man this shit is fucking ridiculous Fucking ridiculous Man this show is fucking ridiculous Welcome back ladies and gentlemen to episode 329 of This Week in Culture I'm your host Ant Wood A.K.A. Trinidad and A.K.A. One Half of the Culture And I got my brother with me Jay What up though? What up though? It's your man Jay Johnson One Half of the Culture One Half of Everything And I know what you're thinking Finally My favorite podcast is spending time with me What's poppin'? And this week we back Chicago fans Y'all been listening to the album all weekend dog Yeah man that shit was great I've been listening to Kanye all weekend. Loki, I, I I got up this morning and I was jamming out to uh, "Jesus Is Something" with the choir. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is King. Jesus is King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, was, that album was produced. It makes dog. It makes me feel better in the morning because, like, um, that was so well produced, bro. It's just a I, I don't know, man. Sean Sean has already cut this episode of the pot off. (laughs) 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 Sean, what up, bro? Jesus Um, is born. Oh. This one. Uh, And Revelations 19.1 is one of my favorite songs ever. One of my favorite church songs, period. Yeah, but then then the way that that, yeah. That was a range so crazy on there. Man, 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 man. Um, Yo, man. Shy watchers, shy listeners, shy everybody, man. Twig family, what up to all of y'all? Um, did you see G Herbo? <laughs> what did this nigga do? <laughs> Yo, shy town. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do Chicago uh, got to take an L? Uh, no, at first I thought they did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> No. 
What is going on? What is this dog? On? <laughs> what is going on? Why is the dog biting his ankle, bro? Yo, I'm gonna tell you why this is so funny. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this on my timeline yesterday. 100% knew it was G Herbal. I kept scrolling. I didn't want to find out. Oba no, I, posted it today and I looked at it again and was like, oh, that's actually not him. No, like, if he wouldn't have posted that, I would have 100% thought this was G Herbo. Bro. Like, this is his audition tape to Lena. <laughs> like, <I don't> know. <laughs> shout um, out to G Herbo, man. Yo, man. And shout out to The Shy, man. Season six, episode four. Um, this episode was confusing for me. Yeah. I, I didn't dislike the episode. But I don't know that I liked the ep- the shy won't sit in like a pocket a singular conflict right it won't sit in the pocket it won't let me kind of get familiar get established with like one singular thing and focal point and because it be kind of moving and giving me all these different things and then they throw in you know whatever trope of the day that they throw in. It makes it kind of difficult to get attached to the show the way that I used to be, right? Um, when the shy started, we know that the whole plot came from Jason being killed and then Coogie being murdered in retaliation for that. And it was like everything was central around that. And then when I was watching this, I was like, wait, are they trying to make everything central around Duda? Yes. I don't like that, bro. Duda's been the villain since season two. We're in season six, dog. So this is how I feel. This is what, season, episode four? Episode four. Yep. It takes me about four to five episodes before I be like, all right, fuck it. We just in there. And I think this is one of those episodes where. The I fuck it came out. Halfway. <laughs> <laughs> halfway. Uh, 25% of the episode. <laughs> but like by, by episode five, I think we going to, I think y'all know, y'all been listening for a long time. Yeah. Like. I'll be having major shit to say. It did like somewhere between yeah. whatever. I kind of like forget that I, I dis, dis, suspend disbelief or whatever, whatever. We got 16 episodes of this shit. So we're going to get into a groove where we're just going to be talking about it. And it's just going to be here. Yeah. Um, but until, <laughs> until the <laughs> Well, here's the thing, right? This episode did offer yeah. some good combo points for us, right? Um, One of them, right? Uh. Victor's whole focus on men's mental health and trying to get the homies. I don't always love how they introduce the tropes. I hate it how they introduce these tropes. But it's something for us to kick it about, right? But once they were in that circle. Yeah. Niggas was saying some real shit. I I enjoyed the conversation. It was some very real convos happening. I was very, when I watched that scene, I was excited to come up here and kick it with you. Yeah. About the shit that they was talking about within yeah. that circle. Yeah. But introducing this as a part of his campaign when he got into the argument with um with Fatima, or not argument, but just a little back and forth with her when he said, you know, hey, you know, men, da da da. And she was like, why do men always got to lead? It's like, yo, that right there is literally the reason that this circle can exist. It's wild because. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> Which one of us you want to Halfway. lead? Halfway. <laughs> Which one of us you want to lead? Halfway, cause <laughs> turn into a halfway house. Yeah, that's what's shy here. That's why shy here. Uh, um, yo, man, yo, shot. When the fuck did you start working for Duda? And when was the interview? 
For sure. And like, do you still need to work for him? Because <laughs> Yo, bro, if you can't relax off that, because you just went from zero <laughs> to, a, to, a, to, to at least look. 60 bands, bro. Because I know what 10 bands look like. <laughs> Unless 10 bands. Unless 20 was, bands. Unless them was fives. <laughs> <laughs> or no, unless them was all singles, Bro, rather. like My nigga literally went from zero to 60. You went from no money to at least 60 bands, bro. Who, I saw it. How old are you? Who taught you how to work on cars? Been, how long was you a fan? So I remember two episodes ago when he sat down with Bakari and he was telling them, you know, whatever, whatever. And Bakari was like, hey, man, I could hook you up. You know what I'm saying? You my man. You the OG, you kind of was the only one who really fucked with me at first, so I could hook you up. I remember that. I forgot about that. Now I remember it now. He, like, rem- I, he said, like, I got something for yeah, you Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I could put you on. Like, and I thought he was going to give him a brick and tell him sell it. That's what I was thinking, too. I'm like, yeah. This- and I'm like, don't get no work from fucking Bakari, but. I'll be honest with you, though. Yeah, I mean, working at Chop Shop. I mean, here's the thing, right? I didn't know it was a Chop Shop, Your Honor. Like, I hey, mean, I'll work at the Chop Shop for sixty bands cash, uh, per car or whatever the fuck he's been nigga, doing if, there. If he gave you ten grand, you were up, fam. You, you were up. You have more money than you've had since you've been out of prison. If you well, got, if I don't you, know if that's true because uh, Victor gave you about twenty bands when you first got out, and we never saw what happened to that. He nigga. blew it. Money Remember? management ain't your thing. Remember, he blew it that same that, that same week. He was going crazy. And he had some Hennessy and all. Like he oh, had a yeah, party and yeah. shit. Like he blew it that same yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like my nigga with ten bands, go get you an apartment. You ain't got to pay rent Fam, for him. Like you don't got to live up under old girl no more. Or at minimum, at like, minimum, pay some bills in that motherfucker. Pay some bills around that bitch and reestablish your masculinity within that house, dog. Or novel idea. Start your little resale shop. <laughs> yo, rent a space. Yo, <laughs> rent them spoons, nigga. <laughs> like, bro, you want to do your fucking vintage shop? Um, here's your startup money. Now, at minimum, you don't need to take that money from your girl who was just offering to help you start a store. Uh, you can or shit. To your point, yo, nigga, start with a pop up shop. Like, you ain't even got to rent a whole space yet. Would you take the guns? If I was shot, no. And here's why. Because you still don't have your own spot to hold these motherfuckers. uh, So, I don't take them to my girl house because she's going to find them. Well, here's the thing. She don't come off as not nosy. Yeah. So, I would go rent a space. Rent them spoons. Um, You know them shits, the storage spots? Oh, yeah. The uh, easy storage, the U-Haul, all them joints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would sit with them fucking guns for five hours a day, eight hours a day. They would only be by themselves in the middle of the night when I have to be at home, my girl. Because if you gave me 60 bands to take a muffler off, like... The gun's got to be worth at least a hundo. Come on, man. Um, Because, yeah, and I'm like, wait, when did Duda get involved in fucking selling? Come on. Apparently, this nigga does everything. He does all the crimes you can do, right? He's mad at fucking... uh, What's the nigga name? Emmett. No. Uh, Bakari. Nope. Nope. Yeah, he mad a nut. He like, my nigga, they didn't show up. <laughs> like, what you want me to do? <laughs> Nuck literally was like, hey, man, the client didn't show up. Nuck, what the fuck, nigga, bitch? I'm like, bro, don't kill Nuck right I, now, I, I bro. I didn't find the niggas. I mean, I'm. Bro, these are literally your <laughs> clients. I was just going to give them the guns. Nigga, the fans could have arrested them already. I don't fucking know. He said, he literally was like, they could have got picked up. We don't know. 
Nuck, what the f- not right now? I can't deal with this nuck. I was like, sir. And why did shout out to Tony Childs? Um, but why was she here? Why did she start off? She just she started off. The first thing we saw was her giving head. You in the sucking shower. dick in the shower. Okay, no, 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 no. Let me tell you why that wasn't my biggest problem with that shower scene. Smoking in the shower. Who the fuck smokes cigars in the goddamn shower? Who? You talking to an avid cigar smoker right now on the pod? Got one in my little motherfucking bag right here, with my damn flame. I done had a few in the last couple of weeks. Actually, I had I had chilled, but yeah. Now, hey man, that so look when I tell you that's really where I find my peace. It's it's starting to get up there with me going to the movie theater. It's so, like. Trig is basically <laughs> it's you it's y'all having a circle. Hey the, man, <laughs> Drake Clay is <laughs> look who's Drake Clay? Drake Clay? No, no, no. <laughs> Me walking in the fucking uh, uh, cigar bar the other night and Clay being at the bar. <laughs> man, you know I fucking hate going to, to a cigar bar with, with Clay. Dog. Nah, it's nah, because he know everybody. I, in that nah, I'm used to it, but like yeah. everywhere. Hey, what's up, Andre? Like what, nigga? Who do you? Him. How, how do you know these people? I don't like, like business card Clay because that's how he come off in there, and it'd be like the randomest motherfuckers too. I'd be like, so now I know if it's yeah. a cigar bar, like they know. No, Clay. they know Clay. He but been like, there. I'm like, Yo, what the fuck, man? He puffing mace, dog. He been around the cigar world, nigga. Um. The motherfucking uh, shower scene. Yes. Nobody smokes cigars in the shower. That's just not a thing. Um, also, nobody talks this much about 420. Why the fuck were they acting like this was some new shit? So listen, now we got a time frame. It's April. Because a lot of this shit went down on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Last season. Yeah. And now it's April. And then it was winter been, again, so it, we knew we had jumped some. It's been two months. Yeah. So February to March, March to April. It's only yep. been two months since last season. Since some point in last season. Right, right. Because all that shit with uh, Emin and them, that was like Emin and, and uh, Tiff. That was Valentine's Day, right? Yeah. And uh, so, like, it's been two months since then. Yeah. So you mean to tell me in two months you didn't opened up a restaurant, bought a house, uh, bought... Oh. Uh, two cars, bro. Like credit going crazy right now. Them, nigga, fraud alert, yo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still getting shit talking about yo. It's a new vehicle and yo. I'm like man, put that yo. shit in May, bro. I'm still getting credit alert talking about yo. The new vehicle man, has been detected because I needed y'all to have ran that when I got the motherfucker. <laughs> don't run it on the back end, nigga. I don't like that shit. Um, speaking of fraud alert, yo, Iman Shumpert. We not scared of you, bro. Is anybody scared of him? He was talking to Victor so crazy. Tiff not even scared of that nigga. <laughs> Fraud alert. <laughs> that nigga gonna do what I say do. Bro, that nigga said, hey, you better not be lying to me about my uncle. She don't want no beef with me. That nigga Victor looked at him like, boy, I'll turn back to Trig so quick, nigga, and shoot this bitch up, nigga. I gotta watch episode season three again. So I can remember who this Tread character was because Man. he is so different. He first of all, they got him talking like uh, Trigger Luther King out this <laughs> <laughs> And I don't like write it. that down, dog. <laughs> <laughs> write that down. Because <laughs> Trigger Luther King. I don't fucking <laughs> like it. <dog. laughs> write that down. <laughs> I don't like it, bro. <laughs> he always. He also seemed like the the scene from. Uh, 
the new edition movie when they were sitting down on them bench, the benches when when they find when Bobby oh. found out he was in the group and he started singing his shit. I feel like he always gonna start singing when he's sitting down and shit. Every like, time, bro. Yeah, who the new nigga? Oh. <laughs> oh shit. Yo, that's really fucking funny, dog. This nigga be uh, Yo, how old is he in real life? Uh how old is Luke James? Nigga, on here acting like he fucking 71. And also, nigga, while we talking about fucking Luke James, he's 39. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> I'm about to be 39. I can't even hate. Um, yo. Why this nigga acting like he been city council alderman for mad long? My nigga, it's or they been- just put your name on the door. Fam, it's only been two months since you started to run. <laughs> like, nigga, you had just announced that you was running. Bro, you literally have not done this long. He like... So many people depend on me. No, they don't. And I can't do. I can't be everything for everyone. I can't be Superman for all you motherfuckers. Because remember last last season, it nigga was, Jake don't it was Christmas. No they more. gave out. They mm-hmm. gave away some. Then it was some remember toys. remember New Year's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nigga, it's Valentine's. <laughs> and then whatever again, they went from whatever last winter was through a new winter. Right. I feel like it's been like. Well, it's not. It's snow here in April sometimes. So it being snow outside during some of these episodes, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's Chicago. Never fucking shocked about no snow. But now we know firm that it's fucking April. I want to know what happened in these two months that turned Keisha into a bitch. Yo, yo, yo. Because yo, I don't yo. mean that as no, a, no, 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 no. A der- I'm talking about no, the, no, no. This like an actual bitch. Yeah. No, no, no. Because you are fucking getting on my nerves. Like, as a viewer. I'm sitting up there like, what hey, Emmett, you know how we was talking about, yo, going to get some peace? I want Emmett to go get a piece, a side piece. Like, what this ain't do? this ain't. So, you know what's fucked up? I had, um, I couldn't remember. You remember when uh, Candy came in and talked to Victor <laughs> and told him, like, yeah, you know about the uncle uh, or the Q nigga getting killed. So, I couldn't remember exactly what that was, right? So, I went back um, to the finale of last season and I was like, oh, I forgot Duda. He came to see Duda when he was running for city council. Yeah. And um, Duda was taking him on a ride and had Q body in the trunk. Mm-hmm. I had forgot yeah. about that. But in me going back to find that. And they helped, he made him help dump yeah, him. made him help him dump him. So he definitely implicated in this shit. But in me going to find that. But prove it, though. Also that and you, about, you ain't about to First of find all no, Find a body You ain't gonna find No fingerprint on a body That's been underwater for Like Not in a cold Frozen <laughs> Chicago River or lake Nigga prove I did that But When I went back To find that I ended up watching That whole finale And I saw When Keisha moved in With Emmett She was so nice Man. She was helping uh, EJ learn to read And talk And was like So involved That's what inspired her To want to be a teacher Two months later, she's a teacher. Fam. You was having trouble studying because you had just gotten to school. Fam. Now, my nigga, you got abducted after high school going into college. You never even went to that. You never went to college because you got abducted. So let's just say a year went past, whatever, whatever. How are you a teacher already? Yeah. You got hired in? Your resume said thrift store. You, you ain't had no job in, in high school Your resume said What happened to the nigga from the thrift store Thrift store Where'd two he months go? Fam 
Do you know how wild it was when I saw her being so kind to him in that finale from last season? And then I turned this episode on, or back on, rather, and saw her just completely fucking being... I was like, give her some weed wings. She the one need to calm the fuck down. Why is she so upset at Emmett, bro? She told that man, your best could be better. Motherfucker, I just bought you a house that I didn't even want to buy. Better than what? If we didn't have this drug money, baby, we wouldn't be nothing. <laughs> what you talking about? Said every nigga in the 80s. <laughs> like, girl, you got to get off that high horse. You know where this money come from. Girl, you look good. Won't you back that ass up? We ain't fucked in a couple months, nigga. <laughs> and it's only been two months since you moved <laughs> And Tiffany keep coming around this motherfucker looking like she got good weed. She spending up time in that motherfucker. <laughs> I'll, I'll be, be trying, trying to fuck. <laughs> My God, Dog, then, then little EJ say, hey, I said, I thought we said we wasn't cussing. Shut up, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> she said, shut up, bitch. She be talking like dude around that I'm motherfucker. saying you make a valid point. I thought we wasn't cussing. Bro, I, you literally was just trying to parent me at the fucking house party when I called your other son a bitch. You also can't be parent after two months. Fam. Mind your fucking business. You ain't even like man, we ain't even been together long. Man, look, EJ without the hat is really about to start busting his gun around that motherfucker if they want to be honest. Because when I take this hat off, that mean I'm on goon time, nigga. So watch how you talk to me, Keisha, before I come back through this motherfucker. <laughs> that nigga was out there breaking the glass. I'm like, what was y'all doing, nigga? Just <sighs> being kids, though, bro. Why you that upset? Kids break shit all the time. Like they break, bro. They broke some glass. Then Emmett walks in. I break shit in my house. I did it. Yo. Like, <laughs> I can't even be mad at about looking at Omar Yo. like, did you drop my shit? Yo, I did it. It's funny as fuck. <laughs> Omar be like, <laughs> <laughs> dog. Emmett walked in the crib, saw the gr- broken glass on the floor, broken and said, glass everywhere. everywhere. Children running around the house. Keisha just don't care. <laughs> Emmett just don't. Emmett walk in the house like, fuck is going on? Emmett said, yo, what happened? She was like, didn't I tell your motherfucking that? I was like, damn, bro. I wasn't even here, nigga. Why are y'all doing this to her? Keisha, you don't have a job. You can't make her a bad guy. She was kidnapped. <laughs> like, we want to love her. Dog, we've never not rooted for Keisha, bro. Ever. Like, when. I ain't like when she was fucking that track coach. But she but was young. She was, was young like, and dumb and, and full of... <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Oh, man. Hey, man, we got some voice notes before we keep kind of round-robbing this episode, yo. Um, Macho just sent in a voice note, man. This is live. This is freshly recorded. Is uh, it high? We gonna see. Oh, that was a shop talk. He sent the, <laughs> the high <laughs> note. <laughs> Um, Mach, what up? Peace to you, God. Hope you and the uh and the fam doing good, man. Um, just remember when Bug make it. I'm about to say your son. Hey, just remember when Bug make it. Who his uncles was? You know what I'm saying? Just tell him to come on the pod one the twice. Hey, <laughs> just hey, come up here. Help us get our shit to three point one. <laughs> Mach, what up? Aunt Jay, peace, family. This week in culture, fam. Shout out to uh, band from Twitter, Rob Silver. I tried to tag the homie, man. He t- nothing came up, man. I don't know what he did, but he be wild. And shout out to Rob, though. He back. Hit man. Um, yo, the shy. Man, Lena Waith, man. You are the queen of unnecessary sex scenes, man. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, spell that, dog. Yo, dog. Yo, <laughs> nah, dog. Yeah, that nah, gotta be a dog. <laughs> nah, dog. Quing. That's the wildest shit I've ever heard in my fucking I'm, life. I'm so mad. I've never thought of that. <laughs> Yo, Mach, I'm hanging up on you, dog. I don't even care what you say for the rest of this fucking voice note. That was fucking great, dog. Sign up. <laughs> Yo, they get my nigga Rob off of Insta- off Twitter, dog. I noticed he hadn't been as active. I follow his other pages. I thought he was just expanding from the other, yeah. But <laughs> yo, wow, yeah. Rob had about one too many. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Rob a wild boy. Rob is definitely a wild boy. In Twitter, no. We had a segment, <laughs> Rob's wild tweets. Yo, we, now we got to bring it back. <laughs> we got to archive some shit. Holy fuck, the queen, <laughs> dark queen duck. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit <laughs> When there's trouble You Yo. call DW Yo <laughs> Yo Yo The fucking titles For this episode mm. Are going nuts Right now <laughs> Holy shit Jill <laughs> mind Starting to show off With one neither man Shout out to Jill Mer- Oh my bad My bad much I tried to tag The homie man He t- Hit man. Um, yo, the shy man, Lena Waith, man. You are the queen <laughs> of unnecessary sex scenes, man. <laughs> she don't mind starting to show off with one neither, man. Shout out to Jill, Mar- Jill Marie Jones, man. Girlfriends representing out there. She, she, I don't know if she had like a Taraji P. Henson type face thing done. I I was like, damn, she kind of give me. Anywho, but um, it was a lot. <laughs> going on in this episode this recent episode but uh one scene i won't clown and i could actually say i appreciate it was the scene with uh the fellas yeah man when the fellas got together and they just decided to have like you know a little session because it resonated with me because a few years ago before covid hit me and the homies used to have what we call the king's council at uh at the barbershop we used to do it on sunday mornings with one of the elders brother muhammad and you know we just used to kick it just like they did man so that was a dope scene, especially the interaction between Emmett and his pops. And you know how Emmett was just saying the reason the way he is is because of the way he was raised. And, mm-hmm. and you know, Darnell was just like, you know, you can't blame that on me. And Emmett was like, nah, I'm not blaming on you. I'm just giving justification for the reason I am the way I am. So I, I really appreciated that scene. Um, that scene right there caused me to watch the episode twice, man. So. Mm-hmm. Lena Wave, you wildin'. Um, <laughs> I got so much to say, but I'm not going to get y'all canceled. Um, but yeah, uh, Shy wildin', man. Shy's crazy. And Shy girlfriend, man, she be giving wishy-washy energy. Re- like, man, she was just so out of line and rude to uh, to uh, Gemma's dad's girlfriend, uh, Gemma's uh, mama-in-law. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I mean, she just be strange with it, man. I just think she was saying a lot of inappropriate shit, man. They made that shit real uncomfortable for the young lady, man. But anywho, I'm ready to just kick back, listen to y'all pod, man. Matter of fact, drop that shit uh, like right as soon as y'all done recording, man. I don't feel like waiting in the whole day to hear y'all review on it. But uh, hey, appreciate y'all. Peace and love. Macho from the man, it's hot as fuck out here. But yo, peace. Yo, nigga, don't tell us what to do. <laughs> you you will learn from the last nigga that told us to drop a pot. 
<laughs> we'll drop this bitch on uh, next Monday. <laughs> I'll drop that bitch late as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Much peace, man. Um, yo, we you brought up the point that me and Jay echoed earlier. Um that scene, man, the scene with the brothers, dog. I'm I'm sure that these other voice notes probably gonna talk about that too, so we ain't gonna dive right into that yet. But that was easily the strongest scene of the episode and maybe of the season so far, because it was a lot of real talk. And I appreciated them letting these characters just fucking like be real for a minute, dog. Like fuck all that bullshit, man. Sometimes you need a minute to just kick it with your fellas, bro. Yeah. Um Which is therapy. Me and my homies earlier this year had started doing what we were calling Therapy Thursdays at the Cigar Bar. Um, and we were going to uh, the loft, and we was just pulling up to kick it, get a couple drinks, smoke. And we was literally going around talking about what the fuck was going on, man. Like, And the reason that that's there because just because a therapist don't tell you what to do with your life. Nah. You, they just listen to you. Get it out. Yeah. Maybe they ask, them, why you think that is? question type shit but like you can get that from your friends facts and it's only so much right that a therapist you know again they're listening they're letting you get it out they're they're giving you their professional advice but sometimes you need practical advice and a psychologist something different Mm -hmm. but just a therapist they're not there to be your life coach nah they here for to ask deeper questions like so why they want to get to the root of shit they want to figure out why you're you're handling things this way or why you're feeling that way about when this happened, bro. And I get it because all that shit is necessary. And it's some well, could it be because of this? Not, I think it's because, yeah. yo, the reason you like this is because your dad did, like, it's never that. But you know what it is, though, man? Sometimes, and I know I said we ain't going to dive into it, but fuck it, we here. Um, sometimes it makes a difference to kick it with a motherfucker who you know. One Ain't going to judge you. Because a therapist, psychologist, they shouldn't judge you. They're strangers anyway. But they're strangers, so it don't fucking matter, right? But to know that this is somebody who love you for real, ain't going to judge you, and whatever advice they give you, whether you agree with it or not, whether you implement it or not, you know that it's coming from a place of love. That shit hit different, bro. It hit different to have a motherfucker who you know love you listen to you, bro. It don't... The people who love you, the people who you know got shit of their own going on... They got families, they got work, they got this, they got that, they got kids, they got wives, they got whatever the fuck. For them to take the time to sit down and listen to you, that shit hit different, bro. And it's something that, even that alone, to give you just a little bit of peace of mind about whatever it is you're going through. Because you know you got somebody in your corner every day who will take the time to listen to what the fuck you got going on, man. And they also understand the context or the nomenclature of the words and the circumstances that you use mm, mm. because they know when you say, man, you know, I'll be having relationship issues. I remember the last four of your girlfriends because yeah, I've yeah. known you for been through this. You know what I'm saying? So I understand without you having to explain yeah. in great detail about why this even occurred. Like I understand. Yeah. So, and it, it just, it makes it make sense. Right. Um, especially when they know again, to your point, when they can personalize the situations that you are telling them about, right. I know the players involved. I know the, the story. I know the, the why behind the why, like for them, it's really just you kind of continuing to keep them abreast of what's going on in your life, man. And it, it just feel good because a lot of times when we do that, we do it when we pillow talking with our girl, we do it when we call our mom, you know what I'm saying? But a lot of times you and your fam, your niggas, 
Y'all don't always have a time to sit around and actually do that. And it's very important that men start to make time. Black men specifically, bro. So, like, I like how um, I like those conversations. And given the right setting, I think everything Trig said and set up was cool. Yeah. But, like, fam, it's the exact same with the addition of his right hand at at the, at the gig and Jim and Daddy. Yeah. Fam, we could have did this the other day. At the, yeah. what was eating wings? Yep, yep. Like, why did it have to be in this cultural center place? Like, and I, I didn't love that he he immediately turned it into work. Yeah, like I ain't him, love that. I didn't love that. Like, nigga, don't use me for no talking points. Yeah, like, and you no. you're using me for yo your um shit platform. Or, yeah, yeah, and just like your uh, what they call it? God damn it! Why am I blanking? Political science major. Um. Tenure, like you're you're using me for your. This is your your term. This or, is your term, yeah. and this is what you building your first term on, right? This is your reelection campaign when you build this black male platform, right? And I get it because it is necessary. But in this initial group, when we was all kicking it the other night, to your point, this could have been that combo right you, there. You didn't have to stop the combo, yeah, mid, to bring it to work. You stopped it to take shorty some wings. Who was over there smashing wings and responding back tincture to text she ain't even read yet. That pissed me off so bad. As soon as her fucking phone lit up, she just typed back tincture. You don't know who the fuck that is. You a, you a drug addict. You a crackhead, ain't you? That's what that was. But in this combo, in this circle, I really did appreciate Trig not only doing it, but also leading it, right? Because yeah. he came out. Now, granted, I think everything he was talking about was bullshit. Because you ain't been in office long enough to have these problems. I also, I'm comfortable with everybody here, except your campaign manager, nigga. We don't know you. Oh, yeah, you. chief of staff got to go, bro. And we don't know you. Now, on the flip side, because I felt that. But then I thought, well, Trig, if this is what you want to build your fucking whole term on, um, where's the community? Because let's get some niggas in here who aren't the fucking six niggas you hang with, bro. <laughs> These are your only friends since you've been out. Nigga. Like, bro, you trying to have therapy sessions with your friends, which is great. I need you to have therapy sessions with the fucking uh, gang members, the father, the absent fathers, the people in that community. And I also want to know, uh, what's your district, nigga? Hey, one of the homies hit me up and was like, yo, is Trick Girl having a real nigga seminar right now? <laughs> Because she was having a session too, apparently. She for sure sat down with her community though. And I ain't mad at it. But I do think the one uh the house mother or whatever, uh, I ain't like I, I ain't love her advice. She was giving all the wrong advice to me. And they have no idea what to do with uh with Jake on this this Yo this, this uh So it's season. two characters this season through four episodes that I have noticed, they have nothing for them. No, three, pardon me. It's Jake, it's, it's Tracy, and it's Jada. It's it's like <laughs> they got nothing for them, dog. Jada has no no. Fam, Jada barely be talking. That whole dinner scene, she ain't had nothing to say. Now with Jake, I see where they're going. And I, if this was a different show, I would appreciate the slow build. Mm-hmm. But this is not that show no more. Mm-mm. And and like, it's just not that show no more. Yeah. Um, I very 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 much dislike what y'all trying to do with Dre. Yeah. It's no need for that. There is, there is one. What's so funny is I knew the whole thing before old girl even came on camera. Yeah. When she was getting her coat, and yeah. I seen her look through the window. I said, oh, shit. 
There you go. Because I know that look on TV. There you go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, shit. And that's your ex. Yep. And, oh, can we get a, can we have a, can we have a drink? And, oh, I thought you didn't want to be married. Now. Yeah. I'm like, why do y'all, why, why are you going to do this, dog? Bro, she does not need to retaliate. Because here's the thing. I oh, remember. shit. Yeah, I forgot. I, Nina got it off with the brat. Mm. For no reason. <laughs> for no reason. But that ain't Dre. That ain't Dre. That is not the character you have built up. And like, even in the, the you don't com- want none of these because remember we was like yo there's no redeemable characters blah mm-hmm. blah blah and then they kind of redeem some yeah and now you just revert them all back yo because Dre for all the fucking bumps and bruises that came along with her introduction to the show because it was out of the fucking blue as fuck she was Dre's actually been really decent nigga uh, she was out there with the pole about to get her ass whooped looking for Keisha come on man she been down from rip so when she got cheated on we was all like you gonna do that to Dre and then Dre took you back. Nigga, and wanted to, like, counsel through that, right? Like, yo, she was the one trying to, and every time she would try to say something, Nina would be like, Dre, I don't need you to counsel me right now. No, nigga, yes the fuck don't you do. Don't therapize me. Yeah, yeah, I'm finna therapize you. So, I'm deal. <laughs> I'm queen therapized. Yo, okay. nigga, period. Dog. But I ain't love that, because I don't need her. First of all, when Dre get an ex-fiance? Like, again. We don't know nothing about Dre. So, talking about facts. Um, but talking about Lena being the queen of uh, unnecessary sex scenes, which she is by far. She throw in unnecessary sex scenes the way Quentin Tarantino Lena, dropped nigga. Is Lena Dre? Could be. They're not that dissimilar in I, appearance. In appearance and just kind of like demeanor. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, but... If Nina's, or I'm sorry, if Lena <laughs> didn't Lena leave her, <laughs> did she leave her wife or some shit? Nigga for uh uh Harriet, who the chick that played Harriet Tubman, Cynthia Erivo. Oh, what? Yeah, left her smooth, nigga. Like five minutes after they got married, um, was cheating like a motherfucker <laughs> with Harriet. <laughs> um, you cheat with a slut? Like damn. Man. Next thing you're going to tell me, so the truth. Got to. Yeah. No. <laughs> Run away, love. <laughs> Run away, love. <laughs> oh, man. Fuck, this pod has probably left Earth right now. Um, But no, so Lena is also the the queen of um introducing completely new and unnecessary plots and storylines, right? Like, I don't need Dre to do this because I really don't need that much of Nina and Dre. And now you're introducing something that could become major in a fucking show that needs focus. I don't need new shit. Also, um, yeah, what's the other rapper? <laughs> with the rapper? Vic Mensa? Man, when did y'all start hanging with Vic Mensa? Fam, well, first of all, when y'all get t- his phone number? <laughs> let me tell you, I don't want this thug <laughs> in my men's meeting. <laughs> Get this killer out of here. This nigga zoomed in on the Rockefeller attack behind his ear Yo, and shit. They got one more time to try to remind me. He was like one of the first five niggas at Rock Nation, bro. Like, I get it. When y'all start hanging with him? Y'all, y'all didn't even know him. What's funny, I be trying to be respectful because my nigga really hangs with, like, that's his man. Hey, we just talk about the character. And Vic Mintz is he cool. Like, I, I don't know what happened with the music, but he cool with me. But this character... Yo, they got him. First of all, shot. You need to be working with this nigga to figure out what he doing because he don't be in here talking that struggle shit every week. He don't. He got the exact same outfit on every time you see him. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> he, he, 
Vic Mensa character going he going to uh, trench coat you down. That, 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 he got that gray coat on. He going to trench coat you down, nigga. He got one coat on the way out. And bitch, I'm wearing it. I'm like Next time you see Tracy, you're going to be wearing the same coat. Like, <laughs> it's April. I'm like, that coat ain't got warm up on you yet? <laughs> like, nigga. It's fall 20. Fam. It's fall 20, 20. You know how much money you going to make on this holiday? It's fall 20. Like, dude, you ain't never sold weed on fall 20 before? This your first year? <laughs> he also act like that shit beneath him. You know I don't smoke that shit. It clouds my judgment. Nigga, you killed a nigga for chewing too loud. Your judgment is cloudy as fuck, nigga. Also, if Duda is having a sex scene, his wife is coming in the room somehow. Fam, Candy is going to find her way into the sex room, ain't she? God damn. God damn. You just happen to, no matter where he at, you got a key to get in. Because soon as Tony Childs looked and said, someone's in here, I was like, that's fucking candy. Yeah. That's, that's candy. Yeah, ain't never nobody but candy. Um, But when she walked in on him and Tracy, they had uh, the little Trizzy. You know what I'm saying? They ran they, out. They know each other, so they probably had that before. Oh, yeah, I'm sure her and Tony Childs then got down. But um, Tony Childs, uh, Jill Marie Jones. Remember you had left? To like start your movie career, <laughs> you left this great like burgeoning show that you really could elevated re- you. You could be the reason that it left the way it lived. Yeah, like girlfriends could have thrived. You was a mad star. more seasons. Yeah, <sighs> I'm not proud of you, Jill Marie Jones, and I'm not proud of this being like Yo, your reintroduction to the back. small screen. Don't come back like this because you started off sucking dick for money. <laughs> You know how many times I thought about them listen it's like no. <laughs> I thought about them motherfuckers. It was a different outcome. Yo, man. Um, all right, let's play another voice now, man. We got one from the homie Isaac. Isaac, what up, bro? Yo, Isaac about to come through with some. What's up, man? Shit. What's up, Jay? This your boy Isaac. I'm gonna make this voice no This nigga really be talking like the alderman too. Like, <laughs> yo, this who I want for my alderman. He's yeah, gonna be real poignant. It's gonna be funny and inspirational. Yo. <laughs> I feel like that was Isaac who hit us on Twitter. Like, nigga, we don't got aldermans in Indiana. <laughs> I was like, hey, sir. I don't love your tone. All right. I just got a couple of questions. First <laughs> off, what is Keisha? Cause one thing I knew about my dog, he was gonna have a couple questions. Yo, he be low key. He could be a he could be a studio spy too. I feel like he's about to make, hit all the points we just talked about. Everything on some Rob Silver. Isaac shit. be cooking, dog, in a minute or less too. Like he be right to it. Problem. Couple questions. First off, what is Keisha's problem? <laughs> Her and Emmett have literally fought in all four episodes of this season so far. So I'm starting to think she might be the problem. Come on, in this now. relationship. So Emmett has done every single thing she's asked him to do, and it's still not good enough. Come also, on. what is uh, Duda's beef with Stanley's old man? You gonna kill a pastor, a community leader because he spoke out against gang violence? What you gonna what you gonna do? You gonna kill every single community leader that speaks out against gang violence? Didn't Rosin just tell you to lay low at the start of the episode because the fans <laughs> are looking into you? So you must want to go to prison. Fatima's homegirl. With the pink hair threw me off with that deep ass voice. <laughs> Ergo, nigga, don't get smacked. I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> I wasn't ready. Uh, also, Jill Marie Jones still looks beautiful as ever. Hasn't aged a day in 20 years, so I'm always happy to see her in projects. Um, that's all I got for y'all. I'm all at y'all. Peace. How many projects have you seen her in? <laughs> this has been a minute. <laughs> the Brewsters. <laughs> Yo, the fact that they had Afro Nation at the, the home of the Brewster projects is crazy. 
Brewster Douglas that they changed to Gilbert Douglas because Dan Gilbert bought that land. <laughs> really? That's crazy. Saw that literally in the official press release for Afro Nation. I saw it in the Gilbert Douglas. Well, you know what's so funny is when you say Gilbert Douglas, I thought Mike Duggan. I'm mm. like, can the mayor buy a property? <laughs> when you said Gil, I, I don't know why I thought Duggan. I ain't mad. I'm not mad because the Afro Nation probably was there because he bought that bitch. I think uh, one of the homies was telling me who's like involved in this shit and was like a part in them coming to Detroit. I feel like she said um, this was only the second Afro Nation that's been in the U.S. So this was a big deal yeah. um, also, for them to come here. I also, the, the music industry is leaning towards Afro beats. I don't love this direction. No, no, but it's the best direction for them financially. And you niggas nig too much. I'm done with you rappers. Also that. Also, y'all don't care about lyrics. It's about beats and vibes. Facts. Well, this is all beats and vibes, and it's not gangster. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I, I think this is the – it's it's changing in that direction so much so that there was an international festival in the city of Detroit two weekends ago, and the shit went off without a flaw. Yeah. For two days. Yeah. That's so fucking – that's amazing. And I mean, in the Brewsters. Not a – not a fucking not a fight thing. that made it to the internet. Yeah, not yeah, yeah. A- nothing crazy. Definitely nothing that made it to the news. Like y'all, y'all really did get y'all shit off peacefully. Maybe that's why this weekend was so fucking crazy. Y'all made up for the last two. So this is what's crazy. The night before night one of Afro Nation, um, as you know, the crowd was coming in for it. Um, randomly, me and Shorty was out with uh one of our couple friends, um, one of her best friends, and her husband celebrating their anniversary. And on some, you know, parents night out type shit, we ended the night at like three in the morning at some random little after set in Eastern Market, some low key back of the room. You don't even know it's their club rooftop and Burner Boy walk in. Literally, he might have because it was all Afro yeah. vibes, Afro beats. Vibe. And it was like, nigga, we left at like three thirty in the morning. Bro, it was people standing in line to come in there, dog. I was like, yo, this is... And again, to your point, nothing popped off. I tell you what. Nothing went crazy. When I was in Atlanta last summer, Mm -hmm. uh, we ended up at uh, what I thought was like a Jamaican club or some shit, but it was 100% Afrobeats in that motherfucker. Like, the whole night. They throw a hip-hop song on every once in a while, but like, I felt... I didn't feel like out of place, but like, when them songs was coming on, all of them... Was doing it and singing the song. Yeah. I'm like, man, I never heard of this shit. Bro. But like, everybody was like, you kind of get into the vibe a little bit. It was like they would like swag surfing came on and everybody was moving together in unison for songs that I was like, yo, what is this? Fam, three o'clock in the morning on that roof in Eastern Market, them folks was literally t- still like, when a new song came on, they was singing every word, dog. Like, and I was sitting in there like, yo, I have never heard this in my fucking life, but they vibing, dog. I couldn't be mad at a peaceful fucking 4 a.m. after party, nigga. And I definitely couldn't be mad at that festival going off all weekend without a hitch, bro. Like, that's that's beautiful for the city because we know how shit like that could go, dog. Yeah, yeah. We have Monica here throwing mics at motherfuckers, yeah. dog. Shit, on a Patreon episode, y'all heard how this past weekend was. Yeah, facts, facts. If you ain't uh, checked out that latest Patreon, go get into it right now. We was talking about a lot of shit going on here in the Can city I- recently, man. Oh, do we go out? 
Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Shit been out for 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, man. Um, While Jay gets the camera back up, I'm about to load up. Well, no. Let's uh respond to my man, Isaac, because he asked a couple questions, man. Yeah. Um, first of all, what the fuck is wrong with Keisha? I know we kind of touched on it, man, but I just want to say again, I really need Emmy. It's bad writing. This ain't been her character ever. Keisha was always cool, bro. This this is this is bad writing on 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 the writer's fault. Like this is not how you, like you gotta tell us what happened. But I I know nothing happened. It's, it hasn't been long enough for anything to happen at all. He ain't cheated. He ain't did no. He he been working. Emmett ain't did shit but work and be faithful and try to help raise the kids since he got back with Keisha. He, bro. Uh, and he only want to have sex with you. Literally want to have sex with him no more. Like not so, this all of is sudden, what make me think they're gonna lean toward her getting back with Nuck or fucking Nuck or something, dog. Which is crazy because Nuck is the worst possible person you can he, ever be with. He's literally the nigga you keep telling Emmett, "Don't be like that. Don't work too close with him. Don't do that." You've known Emmett for a long time. You know exactly who Emmett is. And yeah, you've, you've seen how much he's come and how much he's tr- he's changed. He was homeless. Yep, you was throwing them clothes out the out the out the window. You know what I'm saying? You was trying yeah. to let him sneak in, like. You've seen him selling shoes. Seen him uh, used to, to bring sell, shoes to your little brother. Like you've seen him try to do the food truck with um with Jason Mitchell. Yeah, uh, like you've you've seen the 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 the, the growth. Um, he has relationships with all of his children, all of mm-hmm. his child's mom. Like that was one of the things that y'all used to beef over. Like Emmett got a house. You was there when that nigga was living in that little three hundred foot square foot basement. He got a house that you wanted him to get. That you knew for him to get would have to go through Duda. And your mama even said, you sure you want to put your name on a fucking mortgage? Come because on, for you to have this much smoke for me, why do you want, Why are you tying yourself into me for the next 30 years? Fam, you sat up there when you was talking to, to Tiffany and said, when she was like, yo, we need a, a spot or whatever, um, but I don't even know where to start. And you like, hey, our realtor was pretty good, but he worked with Duda. Fam, you knew he worked with Duda when Emmett told you, hey, if I get this house, it got to go through a realtor that worked for Duda because the money's going to come pretty much from Duda because I ain't even started saving up yet to have close to enough for a down payment for a fucking house. Like, you knew we was getting involved with this nigga, yet you pressed me to do it anyway instead of just letting me redecorate our old crib till me and you was ready to do it on our own, bro. Like, come on, fam. She she going through something, and I don't really know what the fuck it is, man. Um, last voice note, man, from the God, third member of the pod. Y'all already know what the fuck it is. Um, Twitter's own <laughs> Rob Silver. Rob, what up, bro? What's up, fellas? Uh, explain to me how all of a sudden Rashad was a mechanic in a chop shop, and uh, Duda gives him a fucking stack. I mean, that money there. Could go a long way into him getting his life together. And he's still a fucking bum. I don't understand the writing on this show. I, I don't understand. All, all of a sudden, Stephen Williams' character, uh, uncle to Rob, uh, Iman Schubert's uncle, was an FBI informant with all the murders he, he did. Years of being... The head of that uh, gang, crime lord. Mm-hmm. Man, this shit is horrible. I'll keep it positive, though. 
<laughs> Jill Marie Jones looks phenomenal for a soon-to-be 48-year-old woman. I'd eat every ounce of her body. Until next time. That's how you got Peace and blessings. <laughs> Yo, that's how you got that was up. the tweet. Yeah, you get, that was the tweet. You're getting banned from X is wild. Because yeah. Elon let everything go. <laughs> he really do, though. <laughs> like, what was the thing that got you off of there, man? Rob, man, peace and blessings, bro. Um, Yeah, I don't get the whole angle of, yo, Q was an FBI informant. Q was out here murdering. He literally murdered a cop at the end of season one, bro. Like, when he found out that it was not only... Trice, but also this crooked cop who had something to do with Jason being murdered. Um, he killed him in the bar. When the old nigga in the prison coming back? Never. He fucking around. He like King he sixty third. Yeah, he was Larry Over, nigga. Like he was him. And apparently, they don't even say sixty third Street Mob no more, bro. Like that's the wild part, man. Shit went out again. What the fuck going on in these motherfuckers' homes? Um, but yeah, dog, they don't even they don't even say 63rd Street Mob no more. It's getting real fucking weird how they're handling. Like, Duda's just kind of like, it's like he's a, a lone, not even lone, but it's like he runs like a, he's independent of all the gang shit that he was involved in. Like, Duda used to be a high-ranking 63rd Street member who had the cover of being a fucking successful entrepreneur with his chain of pizza restaurants and all that shit. Then he went on to become mayor. Like all these things just don't exist no more, man. And I, I seen a tweet that kind of perfectly encapsulated how I feel about some of this shit. Um, it was like, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but it was like the shy basically starts every season and pretends like we don't remember anything that happened the season before. Oh, it's not an anthology, my G. It's the same Bro, story. It's the same story. You can't just walk away from these storylines. And I feel like that 63rd Street mob story and specifically incorporating Duda with a gang, linking him to this gang, it made sense. Because now he just seemed like a wild-ass criminal. Now he a TV villain. That's what it like, is. Like, I don't want, even though we're watching television... Yeah, I don't want a TV villain. I want something that I wanted something real that that symbolizes or seems like it could possibly be real life. And I'm like, now this nigga he he owns every fucking illegal business you could own. He also still owns his pizza Let's spots. He got a sick nigga uh, chop pizza. shop. He got pizza, pizza chop shop, cigar bar, cocaine, drugs, drugs, weed, coke and weed, guns, guns. Girls. Girl. Oh, he got a traffic. He got a traffic. Like, he king traffic. That's seven fucking illegal ass fucking businesses, bro. You just do everything. And then apparently uh, politics still a little bit. Oh, definitely. He was the mayor. I'm for... And then Candy, how you finding out that Q was who in the FBI told you anything? Like in real life. What do you do? What is your purpose? Why you don't live here? Like, why, what, yeah, yeah, just, this is one of them, Candy specifically, her character, Rosalind, introducing her, knowing that she wouldn't really be on here every fucking episode and she wouldn't really have a point, that's a waste of time, dog, that's a waste of a character, same thing with Lala, we spent two seasons with her, 
for her to just be gone without a fucking hitch, nigga. All of a sudden, nigga, her and Darnell was madly in love, dog. My son had fucked her. My son talked to me about it. was a whole thing. And now he got a business with her. And he ain't wanted awkward and da da da. And her and uh, Tiffany started a weed business, and she just gone like that, cause he got with Jada. Wasn't she and now in Jada the don't restaurant talk. too though? Yeah, she was involved with Smokies and the weed. She was literally in, in both of those. She was the cook. She was the cook, bro. You got a restaurant with no cook. You have no head chef. I just watched a bear. You got no chef in there. Who you sous chef? Come on, man. Um, all right, let's kind of run through um some of the things they talked about during that men's meeting. Let's get it back positive, man. Um, so in that men's meeting with Trig, first of all, before they even got to the to the meeting hall, when Emmett was walking through the hall, he had the kids with him. Yeah, because Keisha got an attitude, said she wasn't watching them kids. Said I gotta go to Tiffany's to go watch her smoke weed because y'all weren't over there talking about shit. Literally, you had to, you couldn't watch the kids for a minute because you wanted to go over there and smoke. Come on, huh? But anyway, Emmett had the kids with him. When he walking through the hall, the chief staff nigga was like, hey, you know we got a, like, sitter. Like, we have a daycare service if you want to. And I'm like. <laughs> Best shit ever. <laughs> fam, Emmett will never see them kids again. I'll tell you that. Because, look, now once I put all the kids in daycare and Keisha don't got to watch them, now you have no reason to have an attitude with me. Because you're going to have all the space you need, all the quiet you need in this big-ass house. You can study. I can work. What's your next problem, dog? Yeah. But anyway, Darnell was in the hallway with him. And Darnell was like, hey, man, watch the company you keep, bro. fuck you mean? It's like, nigga, hey, I used to run these streets. Don't forget that, man. You out here hanging with Duda and shit. You don't need no guns in your house. You the one took my guns? Bro, I've been all over the place looking for them guns. I thought the kids had them. That's exactly why you don't need no gun in the house. Nigga. No, nigga, you stole it. Fam, you, you stole it four and a half minutes after it got there. Fam, you should have told me you took my gun. First of all, don't go in my bedroom, Dad. Where was the kids at during the party? Probably the Rock Center. <laughs> because, like... No, they was there. Because that's when EJ called uh, Keisha son a bitch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yo, calling baby Ronnie a bitch is just funny. Man. I thought that was like, that was getting ready. For, I don't know. Oh, they was there. They was at the house. But only them two. His other kids don't never be around. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so they go into the men's meeting and shit. Um, Jason Weaver walks Wait, in there. Where did the kids be with Tiff? I don't even know who. Oh, EJ is uh Tiff kid. Like, because when they ain't there... Yeah, he ain't with <laughs> EJ was only with Tiff in the car listening to rap music on that one episode. Yeah, that was it. Um, so they get into the men's meeting or whatever. They sitting around, they kicking it, man. Uh, Trig talks about being Superman and and just having to do everything for everybody and knowing he gonna disappoint some people. And we saw that come back up later when uh when um Iman Shumpert and Tiffany asked him to help them get a license or whatever so they could have a weed business. And start a grow house. They needed a, uh, a they needed a license. Yeah, they needed a license to do the grow house in a neighborhood and do all that shit. And he basically was like, "Yo, I can approve it, but even still, it's gonna have to go in front of a board and like, get voted on." Yo, this can't be my first order of business. Is get my man's a weed house. And regardless, it's gonna take six months, nigga, minimum, bro. I started on Thursday. Damn, it's Monday. They literally just unrolled my name on the door. That happened a minute ago, bro. 
Like it just fucking went down, dog. Give me a second, bro. Um, so I felt him on feeling like, hey, I can't be everything to everybody all at once, dog. Like I just can't be. That shit is impossible, and it's gonna do nothing but get worse as I seem to be a part of a or in a position of power, rather, right? So I, I felt him. Um, but then when he mentioned trying to be Superman, that's when Darnell popped in, like, yo. Know why you feel like that? Because that's what they tell black men they got to be, bro. We got to be everything, dog. Oh, man. And, nigga, I, I know Emmett made some points after Darnell made his points, but I want to stick on Darnell points for a minute, dog. Because trying to be fucking Superman is literally going to be the downfall of black men, bro. And it's so tough, though, man, because all of the conversation, like, you can't have you gotta have this conversation in your men's meeting. Facts. When you attempt to have a conversation uh, outside of that setting. On social media or whatever, whatever, like you a pariah, you a part of um whatever they called um um part of ISIS. A whole terrorist, nigga. Damn, hate what do they call them niggas, uh who be always talking about the 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 the, the, the hoteps? No. Oh. Like Tate and they called uh and um Kevin Samuels and Oh, that group. Yeah, I can't think of the name that they call them, but like you immediately the manosphere. Mm. Like you automatically are part of the manosphere and oh nigga, you crying because in the sixties the man the, up the, like you know what I'm saying? It's like and then like I understand it for to a certain extent because some niggas do O D with it. Mm-hmm. But Facts. like it, it, and then, <laughs> like, but like, sometimes a nigga's just telling you how he feeling, dog. I'm not wrong for feeling like, bro, I'm tired. I'm tired, dog. Like, I don't love how easily motherfuckers can just go out in the world and be like, yo, men should pay all the bills, fix all the things, I read do you all the post things. That I saw somebody uh, make. Uh, this is our, our homegirl, too, but okay. she be on that shit every, yeah, yeah. every day. Every same, fucking day, bro. Same fucking topic. Every fucking and day. And that's the family, but it's like, gee um, whiz, bro. This gentleman, never seen him before, white guy. Okay. Uh, so he, he's a super Got white. you, <laughs> super Got white. you. yeah. Uh, basically, I'll read this post. Okay. I talked to a man recently that said to me that he'd been married before. He wants to get married again. He liked having a wife. He said only this time he's going to make sure he can give his wife time and money because that's what women need. He couldn't give his first wife time because he was super busy working. Mm-hmm. And when things got bad, she was already detached from him and feels like he made it easier for her to leave. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it's good to have these relationship convos outside of social media because that was super refreshing. Take to hear a man wanting to be married and be a provider and give you what he feels a woman needs like wow left my ass off seriously a gentleman respond sounds like a spoiled brat mm. women are not hopeless damsels damsels in distress listening to a podcast on elliot house marriage needs love and respect not just a man working day and night to provide i watched my dad die at 57 worked himself like a dog into an early grave maybe the women could lift a figure time to time to preserve the family unit too. Damn. This modern day woman wants the best of 1950 and 2023 and seems so out of touch with making a family and what it takes as a couple. Um, 
I'm not saying that he is correct in his assumption. Not at all. Um, and she is not, and she's not incorrect in her statements or whatnot. Both of them are have different valid points, but it just showed like the. St- and then there was some. Uh, <laughs> her response was, "You are very negative. You don't have any. <laughs> you don't have any real context context to assess this and be this negative about it." Jesus. I'm like, he was speaking he the context of seeing his father die because he worked himself into the grave Fair trying out. to be the sole provider for whatever. You know what I'm saying? So I have prop he has proper context on that. Now the first situation, no, I don't have proper context. Mm-mm. But like Mm-mm. the the great vast divide between these two perspectives, it has to be pressure. Because at the end of the day, a man wants a woman. Facts. Right. So if Needs. that's Big facts. So if that's what's expected of me, I have to do it somehow. Man. Or I'm not going I'm not gonna have a wife. I'm not gonna have a family. I'm not like I have to do it somehow. So regardless, well, fuck it. I'm gonna work my ass off until I can't yep. anymore. And it's like as long as I got hurt. But you uh, see the response when a man literally just says, Yo, man, there's gotta be more to life than just working to death trying to please a woman. You very negative. Damn. I'm saying that, yo, first of all, again, going back to the need for this fucking men's circle, this this men's meeting, outside of that circle, we cannot, literally, we cannot say, I'm tired, we cannot say, I'm stressed, we cannot say, shit, I feel like no matter what I do, it's not enough. We can't say anything that alludes to us being weak, right? Because all it does is weaken the fucking uh, household. It weakens... The, the way that that woman looks at you, that those children look at you, everybody starts to look at you like you less than. Men want to be chased now. All these men want to be women now. Fam, I seen a girl say that. Literally, this was her post word for fucking word. This nigga tells me, we on the phone, he tells me, I'm not affectionate enough, fam. These niggas really want to be chased now. Motherfucker, I'm asking you to act like you like me. Guess what? Because how the fuck else would I know you like me? AKA, I go get another bitch that can be all over my dick. Because you're not on it enough. Fam. Fam. What if my love language is physical touch? And I don't really know how to explain that. What if my love language is dick ride me? (laughs) Fuck that. Like, Like, you can't have a a preference or, or type of, like. No, men can't have shit. That's that's the bottom line, right? You either broke or you gay. <laughs> There's no in between. Or you broke and Because what's funny, even this convo we having right now, somebody going to tell us we mansplaining something sure. right now. And it's like, God damn, dog. I'm also a man, though. Come on. What how other would, perspective you want? How would you? How would you? How but that's would, the problem. It ain't about what other perspective do they want. They don't want our perspective. I only can see the world through my lenses. Fam, fuck you your lenses. You only see the world through your lens. Now, you can try to have... Um, empathy for someone else, mm-hmm. but you can never be someone else. At you all. will never, ever, ever truly know how another person feels. Man, they can't even fully articulate the exact way. Now we do a good. We can try to do a good job of mm-hmm. I'm trying to I'm trying to articulate the way I feel. But you can never be. You don't know how your father feel, fam. You don't know how your mother feel. I will never know how it feels to give birth. 
Now you can Ever. break it down Ever. in great detail. You can give me, you know how they do uh, Schofield levels of mm-hmm. hotness. You can give me a, a, a pain level. Like yep. I will never know. It won't make sense to me. And I can't look through life in that way. I don't care how many times or how many movies I see. Mm-hmm. It won't happen. So yeah, you look through the lens of you look through the world through your lens. That's how it is. That's how everyone is. Bro, Emmett made a statement after Darnell brought up his points. Emmett said, you know, I ain't really get to see you be Superman and try to take care of the family and do all that shit. And um, Darnell, you know, Darnell was like, hey, you can't blame me for your shit. And Emmett came back and said, I'm not blaming you. I'm telling you, they want me to be this strong black man. I can't be what I didn't see, right? So when you think about some of the shit that women say about us, right? Um, We don't communicate properly. We don't do that. Guess why? Because every time we talked, we get fought. Every time we talk, we get an argument. Every time we talk, we get a rebuttal. Sometimes we just want to talk for you to listen. I'm not talking for you to resolve my problem. I'm not telling you how I feel for you to respond. I don't need you to do nothing but just hear what I'm saying. But because when we talk, we get so many adverse responses, we typically don't communicate properly. I saw a post on the internet. Um, I do not think this is the post or the, the feeling held by everybody. everybody or a giant percentage or whatever, whatever. I'm just saying it because I saw it and then I saw the comments um, below it. A woman said a man opened up and vented to her about just what you were saying. Mm-hmm. And she says, I think less of him and he don't feel manly in my eyes anymore. Mm. And I don't know what to do. See. And. Now, you shouldn't take one particular situation and then base your entire whole fucking life and, and, and perspective off of that because that's just not smart, right? Facts. But I'm, it's not lost on me that a man could see that and then be like, damn, I don't want that to happen to me, so I'm not going to do it. Fam. That's not smart. It's not, it's not like ideal, but it's not far-fetched that one or two people may see that shit and be like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not trying to do that shit. I can't be what I can't. What I've never seen, right? Ooh. It's a bar. It's really a fucking bar. It's not... I ain't going to say it's not possible, but it's very difficult to have a set of beliefs that aren't based on something you were taught. How about this? This is exactly image. I'm, I'm about to say how about this and try to mm-hmm. come up with this with this, this fly as example. But it's the play. It's image example. Mm-hmm. How do I grow up and be a, a protector and a provider for my family and no one ever protected and provided for me? Come on, man. Who who was the man in my life? Come on, man. And Jason Mitchell's character say, was taking care of me. Literally. He only a couple years older than me. But people going to say, and this is where kind of the, the, the divide comes, right? Because people hear exactly what you just said and be like, well, Jada was his protector and his provider. But that's not how... I'm told that's supposed to be. So if I'm being told that a man, my father, is supposed to protect and provide, and I did not see that. Jada was his protector and father. Jada kicked that nigga out. Jada kicked him out. Kicked him out. And where she sent him. She let him be a a woman abusing whore, not having no job, and and she let him do everything possible to be a bad, quote-unquote, man. And then when she got her some business... She was like, you can't stay here no more. Fam. No. It's <laughs> not like you taught she me. She let these her behaviors. teenage son sleep on a train in Chicago where he got jumped 
by his baby mama's cousin or brother or whoever the fuck. Like, literally sent that man out into the wild with no preparation on how to fight when you go out into the wild, dog. And that's the that's where that man's supposed to be there, right? So the man he didn't see, that's you remember the episode where he got jealous, or not jealous, um, upset because he saw Darnell interacting with his other baby mamas. Yeah, like, why aren't you? Yeah. He was like, yo, my mama got the bullshit and the whole ass baby daddy, and they get the fucking best father in the world, the father of the year. What the fuck is that? And Darnell basically told him, like, yo, I fucked it up with your mama. I wasn't going to fuck it up with them because I saw what I did. I saw how I left you. I saw how I left Jada. We don't always get the fucking um, the pleasure of being taught and, like, shown the right things. Sometimes we got to go through growing pains to get there, right? And I'm so blessed that my father was able to, 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 to go through that shit with me. Facts. Um, it hit different. It, I mean, like it's it's truly a, a it's an underrated blessing, and one that I did not know I had um, until I was like a full grown adult. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to think that my friends with single parents um, had it good. Mm-hmm. They could stay out later, run the streets. Yeah, they did whatever they wanted to. They had two sets of birthday gifts, two sets of Christmas gifts. Like I thought, like. I was jealous of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father making us get up on Saturday morning and, and, and cut the grass and pick shit off the ground. And, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Trying to keep the grass and everything looking good. I'm like, this not even our house. Go pick it up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That shit irritated me. I was angry at that yeah. shit. I didn't, I didn't even realize the blessing I had until Beautiful. years Way later. later. And I'm thinking like, boy, what, what these kids is crazy. They don't, they don't know no better. Dog, I remember... Two different points in my youth um, When my pops was locked up And then right My dad was only out For a couple years Before his car accident I've been Literally my My dad's co-caretaker Since I was 14 Right Prior to that He did his 10 um, So I had very short spurts With my dad As just my regular dad Right Not locked up And not fucking Impaired Physically impaired um, During those times Nigga my pops ain't never teach me how to throw no ball. He ain't never teach me. He taught me some street shit, but it was like, it was like, damn dog. When he was out, like we ain't do the shit that I see fathers doing with their sons. And then when I got older, I started remembering all the convos we used to have when he was locked up. That's where he taught me a lot of that yeah. real shit. That's where he taught me a lot of that man shit. I start remembering me and him playing chess up in the fucking yard and him telling me, Shit about helping take care of my mom. Shit about taking care of the house. Shit about cleaning up. Shit about saving money. Like, my real lessons came during a time where I thought my pops wasn't able to teach me nothing. But I ain't realized it until I got older. And I'm blessed for that, right? Yeah. It's, it's a blessing to have had that example, even though it might have come in an adverse way that we ain't realized till we got way older. And it's a... um a testament to what's important in a person's life that even though I'm in this particular situation, mm-hmm. I do still have a responsibility to try to instill as much wisdom as I can um, with my son. Facts. And if that means, I mean, if that means I have to foster an, a, a relationship with my son's mother, not in your particular yeah, case, yeah. if I have to foster a relationship with my son's mother to be on a good page with them just so that they will be able to answer my phone calls mm-hmm. 
or bring my child to see me. That's what you have to do because one hundred percent. Whether you in prison or not, this is still your responsibility. Facts. Like this, this, this baby is gonna live, and he needs he needs nurturing. He needs masculine energy from somewhere, yeah. no matter how it needs to get. And a lot of times, I see that because the relationship with the mother and the father is bad. Both of them kind of throw their hands up intentionally or unintentionally. Like, well, I'm not going around because it's, I'm avoiding a different type of problem. I'm, I can't mm-hmm. keep my hands to myself. Well, you have to. You don't have no choice. Like, this bigger than you. Figure know. it out. This is bigger than Nino Brown. Come on. Like, you don't have the, you don't got the luxury. You you had the luxury of that before you before y'all had a baby. Y'all can, mm-hmm. y'all ain't never got to speak to each other again. But now that y'all have a child together, guess what? Everything I'm saying right now, it sound good. Yeah. Because I'm not in that situation. Facts. And I don't have children. I, I, I recognize that I'm speaking from yeah. a, but I'm also speaking of, I'm not biased by a baby mama. Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. biased by a, per, a, a bad relationship or whatnot. So I'm just trying to think as clear as possible. Whatever the situation is, I got a responsibility to that kid. If I got to, I got to take the fucking L and talk to this bitch. That's what the fuck I, I got to do. do. Bro, I, I've I've known some some cats in my time who didn't deal with their kid specifically, r- verbatim. I don't feel like dealing with his fucking mama. His mama a goddamn trip. Her mama a goddamn trip. I don't even want to go over there, dog. Every time I go over there, she's starting some shit. Every time I go over there, nigga, I don't give a fuck. And I'm telling you that as honestly as possible. I don't give a Raise your child, dog. Autumn, I'd do anything for my son. Would you? Would you? Because you can't even deal with his other parent. Would you do that, though? You would die for your kid, but you can't go over there and fucking talk to his mama for five minutes? Some Lauren Hill shit. You would die for me, but would you live for me? Come on, nah. Come on, nah. Like, seriously, dog. And even thinking about on some man shit, right? Protect, provide, all that. Okay, protect and provide your child. Part of that is protecting them from the image of you and his mama get into a fucking argument every time you come to pick him up. Nigga, protect him from that by not arguing with his fucking mama every time you go over there, bro. And it's like, it's what Emmett said was so real, and you can see in Darnell face. He did some good acting in that scene, like face acting. He was hurt. He was hurt because you don't realize that lasting fucking thing that you did. You think that now because you're in your kid's life now and you're with his mama now, like, you think you really did something. He told you, and you got to accept that. Man. You got to listen to that. I'm glad he started to kind of like fuck back, but no. But then he said to fuck back and listen. Because this man is telling you, I'm not trying to say nothing, but like, not at all. I didn't see it, bro. I didn't see it. Nigga, you're just getting with my mom now. I'm 20-something. You just getting with her, bro. Granted, this is what I need you. Yeah. Like, I need you. Because I'm going through some shit right now. Because now that you are, I'm a man, and you giving me some man lessons, mm-hmm. I know where I, I fucked up at. Yeah. I can help guide you through this shit. Because I know what it did to you. And... Darnell, shout out to him, because he was doing this shit unprompted. It ain't take for this meeting for yeah. him to start it, but it did take for this meeting for him to realize that I started late as fuck. Yeah. And no matter what you're doing right now, because yes, you're doing it right now, and that's great. Keep doing it. But that gap you missed, that 18 years you missed, that time was invaluable, my nigga. And Emmett can't get it back. So now he got to go based off what he know, bro. And Emmett, in my opinion... Is trying to make up and be the person that he think he should be 
but if if we be, if we being a hundred percent, he don't actually have the skills, Mm-mm. official skill set to do it and to provide. So I'm a I've been hustling all this time. Now I'm trying to go legit. And when I when it was time for me to go legit, drug dealer nigga came up to me, mm-hmm. made me an offer. I quite literally couldn't refuse. Couldn't refuse. But I'm doing the wrong. I'm trying to do something right the wrong way. You ever been trying to do the right thing? And to your point, literally the only way for you to do the thing that you know is the right. This is the thing I should be doing. But the only way for me to get this shit off the ground, I got to go about it the wrong way. Yeah. A lot of people. Um, a lot of people pick the wrong decision because mm-hmm. the right decision is well, my nigga, you can't do the right thing right now. But this be the when I was selling drugs because my mama had to. Nah, it's a lot of niggas that was in your neighborhood who was in the same fucked up position. Who mama was poor, little section eight, everything, and they never sold drugs. Not once. They went and got regular jobs. Of course, did they make as much as you? No, they did not. They did not. They Mm-mm. they made four seventy five an hour, whatever yeah, the fuck it yeah. is. No, no, you made a decision because you was like, I'm not taking that. I want more. I'm not here to judge you right or wrong. No, I am, if I'm being 100%. Hey. I think you made the wrong decision. Here's the thing, right? Bakari and Papa is every nigga in the hood. One, You one of them or the other. You the nigga that worked at the fucking chicken spot, or you the nigga who said, no, nah, I'm going a short, easy route, bro, and I'm going to go make me some bands, bro. And while I'm making bands, I'm going to laugh at you niggas that's out here making seven fifty an hour. I. But while I'm making my seven fifty an hour, guess what? I'm living comfortably. I'm not looking over my shoulder. Yeah, I might not have everything you got access to, but I also don't need that, bro. I'm good with what I got. That's a great segue because let's talk about Papa's father. Man. Because a couple seasons ago, he got arrested. Yep. Which is wild. It's laundering money uh, during Duda's mayoral campaign. Yeah. That dude I didn't go down for that, so he apparently he didn't snitch. But how'd you get out? I don't know. But I guess when he was the mayor, you hey. pardoned him, got rid of it. I'm not sure. But um, I like the stance that he's taking. It's a dangerous one for him. 100%. But um, now, to the point we was just talking about, though, about seeing the shit, you got two young black boys in your house that need to see you take this stance, bro. And one of them, your son, don't. Trust you and mm. believe in you like mm. he used to because mm. he's seen you do the wrong thing. Facts, facts. He's seen you do the wrong thing and now he's questioning you, and he like, man, I fucked up essentially, mm-hmm. and um, I can't do it again. Yeah, I'm gonna stand on it. Yeah, and it's what he been speaking about in church the last two weeks. He been hitting on the fact that, yo, what do you do when that motherfucking when that lion come for you, nigga? And he like, I got to stand tall. I'm oh. not doing it. You know what this means. Yes, I know what it means. I don't want the money. Fam, because it was a scene in the middle of the episode, random scene too. Nuck came to the to the uh, church, brought him a bag full of cheese, and he was like, yo, I told y'all that money is not welcome here no more. I'm not doing that. I'm not fucking with y'all. I'm off y'all. Nuck was like, all right. Took the money to Emmett. Emmett so- gladly took it. 
Well, reluctantly, but he, he took just, it. Yeah. What, what other option you got? What Because for him, I don't. I've not seen somebody not take that fucking money. Papa didn't see his dad previously not take that money. That's why his dad's standing on that right now. Because I got a, I got a, a duty to show my son. You got to stand on your motherfucking belief. Of course, he should find the money. He should one thousand percent find that money. I was just glad it wasn't the guns. Yeah. Because then EJ would have found a gun and somebody would have got their head blue or some shit. It would have been like, tragic. Like, nigga, you got this. Like, fam, you got to take the money. Fam. I mean, you don't have to. Yeah. But, yeah. And here's the thing I thought. For your own personal safety. You're taking this money. And Nuck was like, hey, nigga, you're just holding it for a minute. Like, chill. It's also just cash. You're not going to jail for holding cash. Now, my immediate thought. Hey, Emmett, you own a restaurant where I'm certain you have a safe. I'll put that money up. Go put that money up. Put that over there. Don't let it be in your house where your nosy, mean-ass girlfriend can find it. Because it's going to be tragic for you, dog. Um, But back to Papa's dad. So when he told Nuck I ain't taking that bread, that was the last time that Duda seemed like he going to tell me no. He ain't just going to keep telling me no. I used to have him in the pocket. Now he don't want to be there. And he told him no in front of everybody. In front of everybody. And then when he delivered his sermon for the week. He was talking to all of them. And they're like, how long y'all going to let him? Duda, him. I'm like, okay. I like the, I like these analogies. I like, yeah. I like these metaphors. You going to let him in your out. bed, Tracy? Like, I, I this. so this is why I was like... Twenty five percent to half of the episode, yeah. Because this part was hitting. No, that hey, I don't think was, I don't he, I don't think Papa's father does a great job acting. Not all the time, because it just seemed too, his eyes don't always seem open. He, he seemed like Tyler Perry pastor, mm. one of them Tyler Perry show pastors. Mm-hmm. But he's standing on that shit, and I'm like, okay. And then he told Nuck, Nuck said, and he told Nuck to kill him. Why he was like, go ahead and do that, dog. But he was. That sermon that he gave was on some uh, belly Ben Shavis type, yeah. type shit. Like, I'm giving you the real, dog, and I'm showing you what this man is really doing to, to us, what he's doing to the people that are interacting with him, that are involved with him. And Duda gave Nuck the word, dog, and Nuck had on the fucking beret. unnecessary beret. Here's another example. They 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 provided that same opportunity to Shot. Mm-hmm. Shot said no. Because they tried to get shot the guns and shot shot immediately left the dinner, which we got to talk about that dinner scene. Um, but immediately, which was a weird transition that they were at dinner and all of a sudden shot was with Bakari going into the cigar bar. But they go in there and uh, shot didn't already got the 60 bands from him earlier in the episode. So they go in the cigar bar. He walk in like, hey, this some fly shit, man. I like this. And then here come the new dude in uh, in the gang. And he hands shot the bag like, hey, we just need you to hold this for us. Shot ends up the bag. It's all the guns that the client didn't show up to get earlier. He like, yo, just hold it for a few days. You'll be paid handsomely, dog. Because this is how you get that next bag. It ain't just chopping them cars up or fixing the muffler or whatever the fuck you're doing. That's, this, the, this is the play that... Um Oh boy, broke yep. down. He's like, yo, it's always start like this. Vic Mensa. He he like, look, this was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Um, then we gonna we gonna, we need you to do something for me, hold something. Then it, it yep. just it, it escalates. That's how you that's how you make make your way through the rank. Fam, that's how you work your way through the rank. And more importantly, that's how they keep fucking debts on you. I got you by the fucking ringer, and you know why? Cause you did this for me. 
And guess what? If you don't continue to do that, I'm gonna kill you. I overpaid you, you for in trouble. I overpaid you for that thing you did. Mm-hmm. Right. So when I ask you for something else, you feel obligated to do it because you know I'm a violent man and I overpaid you. Now it's like, oh, you're gonna take my extra money and I do it. Once you took some doors off the car for me and I gave you 60 racks, you thought that was all I needed you to do for 60 racks? Nah, bro. When I got a bag full of guns that need to be hidden, nigga, you hide them. But shot, ex con. I he said I can't do trouble. that. I gotta stay out of trouble. And now when when new dude was like, You want me to go handle it? I was like, wait. He was ready for the kill because Bakari jumped in immediately and was like, uh-uh. I got it. I got it. But what does that mean for Bakari? Because Bakari didn't say it softly. He said it with a little bit of oomph in his voice. But I thought he was saying it like that, like, no, 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 y'all ain't finna do that to my man. I don't know. I don't know, though, right? I felt like because you already bitched up in their eyes when, when we went you didn't to go to the church. Yeah. So now you can't do it twice. Mm. He said, I got this. Because you brought him yeah. in. You brought him in. Facts. Facts. You brought him to us, so which nigga, for me means he down. And if you brought him in and he do something wrong, you responsible. That's your vouch. So man. when he said, I got this, I'm like, I hope you're about to convince him. Because you, you better not about to kill him. Because here's the thing, right? You definitely not finna kill him. I mean, he he might, but Curry got bodies. We know, the, too. we know the gang. Um, But if you don't convince him, that means... How about you? You ain't got control over your man's? What if this happens? He kill him. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of figure, they kill, he kill him. Somehow Trig's going to find out he did it. Mm. <laughs> right? Mm. And Or they're going to think he did it. And when it comes down and he's going to know and he's going to feel a certain type of way, they're going to find out that, um, like, um, Papa's going to find out or whatever. And then when it comes down to them killing Papa's father, mm-hmm. he gonna save the day, and he gonna see him save his father, and then he's gonna be back in this whole you a good bad gracious. guy, but you a good guy. Yeah, say my that guy. I can see that playing out. I can see it like that. Um, I definitely think Papa's dad dying. It's almost like they're telegraphing it so much that I can't believe it's gonna be him. Because they got that little scene from the season where it's like a all-white funeral happening mm. on the church steps. And it, it's almost like, okay, clearly they're going to kill Papa's dad. But well, then it's Somebody's like, going to get shot. Somebody's going to get shot. Could that be shot funeral? Could it be Papa? Because Here's the thing. Shot. I could also see shot dying because when they were in the men's meeting, he said um, his stance was a little different than everybody else's. Y'all complain about all these problems y'all got, but nigga, all the problems y'all got is the life I want. Nigga, you got your business. You just became alderman. You doing this. Vic Mensa, you got a trench coat. I'm in my girl basement dreaming about somebody else. Fam. And then went to went directly to, I want to take care of her. She a good woman. Yeah. Well, nigga, stop well, dreaming about nigga, another bit. Step one, stop lusting after after your little lusty lust fest. Also, um, don't turn down a job, my nigga. Fam, you didn't turn down multiple. Because you didn't turn down Smokies and you turned down whatever Darnell brought up at the dinner table. Even though that didn't sound like a a fully fleshed out plan, but that nigga said, you know, I don't know about uh two three hundred dollars a day. Oh man, nigga, do you make two three hundred dollars a day now? Damn, do you make anything now? Granted, the whole time shot sitting on sixty bands, and I'm like, all right, are you fronting so hard so niggas really don't think you got some cheese when in fact you got some cheese? Um, because I feel like 
you should be like actively trying to make some money or look like you're trying to do some legit so shit. So you can bring something around the crib. Because if you just randomly pop up with something, she's going to say, where you get that bread from, my nigga? Because she know you too proud to work for it and she know you too proud to borrow it. So what you doing for it? you said to her father last year about what you, how you... Come on, man. Come on, man. You had you you was, t- you was telling me the game. Come on, man. Now I realize it was all game. Sound good. Sound good. Um, But he did tell the motherfuckers, y'all need to be a little bit more grateful, which I wasn't mad at. Because, yo, fam, I am out here struggling. I'm struggling so much that I'm starting to lean back into the same shit that got me put up. We found out he robbed a bank. You know what I'm saying? And that was the last time he had some real cheese like that in his hands. So... For Shad, he's kind of stuck at an impasse, right? Like, I either need to get my life on track and in order, and maybe him turning down holding them guns was the thing that shows him, like, all right, if I don't do it now with this money that I just got, I ain't never going to be able to do it. Who hope they kill this girl. Oh, my gosh. Well, I know one person who will be happy about it, Tierra, because this girl was talking to her crazy as fuck. Because last time I saw you, you was all lovey-dovey with one of our other friends. So, the, and it was and you was faking, faking it for sure. But also, last time I saw you, I got into it with Rashad because he was being overtly nice to you because his friend who you were in a fake relationship with was being mean to you, and it was wild because I was like, "Man, was Rashad was Rashad flirting with her at first? Because remember, we was like, "Why are you tripping on him?" Yeah, because Trig was being such an asshole when he was with her. Yeah. That Shad was really just trying to not... He could see her be sad, bro. Like, y'all just want to lift her spirits up a little bit. Say something nice. And what was funny, Darnell did the exact same thing when her and Marcus came in. Darnell was like... She said something about, you know, my life ain't been easy. He was like, well, I can't tell because you look like a princess. Because, nigga, I just said something nice. I'm not flirting. I don't want you. It ain't got to be that. But... With Shad, I don't think it was intentionally that because I don't, Shad didn't even think she was in his fucking lane. Or league. Or and, league. And she not. And she not. But she gave him some ass because he was being nice and she felt it was genuine, dog. Um, now, that little bit of ass that she gave him got this nigga fucked up. My nigga, she didn't even think about you. Not at all. She didn't look uncomfortable at all. At all. She didn't give a fuck, nigga. That was a business transaction for her. And when they walked in, her, Shad and uh, his girl... We're both being so obviously jealous of the people across from them. It was kind of wild. Because Shad, his girl say, um, Tia, remind me again what you do for a living. That nigga Shad said, um, that's rude as fuck. Don't ask her that. Because what does she do for a living? Because <laughs> who knows, right? You was a fucking campaign wife and now you ain't nothing. Um, That nigga, Shad girl was like, uh, why are you all on that? He, oh, because I don't like when people ask me what I do for a living. That's one of the things... Um. I saw t- I saw this week and I've been seeing uh, recently because one of my homegirls had p- made a post about basically somebody told her something about a job or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like in some instances, when you say what you do for a living, you trying to base where do I put you on the social class? Mm-hmm. Oh, you a lawyer? Oh, you work at Foot Locker? Oh, you it is? Oh, you work at here? Yep. Like that's usually I mean that's how you that's I'm how I'm asking to. To figure out how I'm going to talk to you for the rest of this conversation, bro. Will it be with respect? Will it be with adoration? Or will it be with some fucking level of supremacy because I'm in a better spot than you? Now, I say that with some of them because I heard people who say 
while you on a date or first date, don't ask the person what they do for a living. I've heard that. I'm like, well, I'm, I, I, that could be a, a pos- I don't, I just think about it that way. I'm like, I'm just trying to make talk. I don't find it an offensive question. I don't find it an invasive question, but I can understand if someone did, depending on the situation. So right? now I'd be like, what kind of work do you do? Mm-hmm. Like, not where you what work What do you at do? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm in healthcare. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Okay. You could be and healthcare as I get billing. To, you yeah. could be a doctor. You could be like, I don't know what you do. As I get to know you, if I want to get to know you more, I'll probably find out what that means specifically. Yeah. But, like, when motherfuckers come to me real quick, I'm in advertising. Boom. I work at a, I work at one of the five largest advertising agencies in the whole world. That's where I go immediately. But then after that, if you want to know specifically what I do at that bitch, you're going to have to talk to me for real. I work in media. Boom. Quite literally. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Facts. Facts. Like, I, I work in media. And then that can open up a nine-to-five job, and it can open up everything. I work in media. We can talk about whatever. Because I've also told people real quickly, I got a podcast. And let you believe whatever you want to take from that. But I got a pod. You ask me what I do for a living, I do this. I got a podcast studio, running podcasts. I do photography. I do videography. Um, depending on who I'm talking to. Because sometimes that creative lane. Because when I'm in, when mm-hmm. I'm in the crit, that's what I talk about. When I'm at others. Yep. It just depends on what I want to tell you. So I was, and it's all true. But It's all true. When I was at Afrotech, I was there representing the ad agency that I work for. And when I talk to people at the Afrotech uh, like events, yeah. or I'm sorry, not the Afrotech events. When I was talking to people specifically at the, uh, the shit. In the, and- yeah, yeah. When we was doing that, here's where I work. Here's what I do. When I was at the fun networking events, yeah. and I'm talking to people who are like, like one girl, I remember she said, because um, she was uh, hosting this event for LinkedIn, and she was like, when I asked her what she did at LinkedIn, she was like, oh, I'm just one of their social media influencers. And I was like, that's a thing for LinkedIn? And she was like, yeah, I don't work at 9 to 5. She was like, I'm contracted through, and she named like five large-ass companies, and was like, yeah, I handle social media shit for them. So I'll do this, I'll do that, blah, blah, blah. And I put all that shit through my platform, and these niggas give me checks based on the numbers. Dog. And I was like, oh, shit, that's pretty fucking cool. But when I saw her at Afrotech, at one of the fucking, like, main shits, she was like, yeah, I'm actually here on behalf of. And she did have a 9 to 5, but it was like, you talk to me about your creative kind of side shit, that really does lend itself to your overall fucking life. And then you talk to me about your nine to five shit. And it's like, depending on the environment, that's what we discussing. So I wasn't mad. I wasn't mad at the question of what do you do for a living? But her asking the way she asked in the environment she asked and us knowing that she had a problem with Rashad kind of being flirtatious with old girl. You asking just to fucking stunt on her a little bit, dog. And yeah. I don't like that. Cause that's you asking out of evil, bro. And I don't don't do nothing out of out of bad vibes. Bad intentions, they rub me the wrong way. So don't do that. Um Marcus, also clueless, has no idea that Tierra and Rashad fuck. Cause again, why would he, right? This was a fucking nothing ass moment for two vulnerable people on Valentine's Day a year ago. Nah, this just don't matter, bro. This is, it means absolutely nothing. So why would I know? But 
if Marcus learns about that and he learns that Tierra is the girl that Rashad mentioned he was lusting after in a men's meeting, this becomes a different problem, dog. Yeah. Well, I, I hopefully he keeps his mouth shut now. Hopefully, hope now that he know. Okay, this is the nigga that man. I fucked your girl in the bottom in the <laughs> in the basement in of the basement house. crib, in the basement of a trap house turned uh trap house turned barber beauty shop turned campaign <laughs> headquarters turned turn, clothing store clothing store like um Mott sent in a part two. Yo, his mama's still alive. Jake and him. I feel like, didn't they send Peaches away somewhere? Yeah, she like dipped off and left them. Yeah, she left them cold during Trigg's campaign because she didn't want to keep hearing how they ain't had a mama. Which I was like, you weren't there. So that's how you don't handle that moment. Darnell handled it right when he sat there and just kind of ate it. You don't handle your kids saying, hey, I didn't really have the greatest situation growing up by running away and not being a great situation. Whatever. Let me see what Mott said on the part two before we start rapping. Yo, pardon my D Scott behavior, but this part two, man. How could I end my voice note without sending a happy birthday shout out to the God, Mr. Trinidad and Happy birthday, King, man. Enjoy your 30s, man. Enjoy your hairline while you still got it. I know you're going to be doing some shit this weekend, some fancy shit. We'll see it on the ground. Y'all make sure y'all follow uh, Trinidad and on the ground. We're going to be somewhere with a cigar and a nice watch on, drinking some shit that you broke, you can't relate to. Shout out to the God. Happy birthday, man. Virgo energy to you, man. Peace and love, family. Do these shits. Much, man. I appreciate you, bro. That's real love, dog. Um, We'll definitely be doing all of that. Uh, you know me, man. Subtle flexes for the whole weekend, man. Just some light. Um, but nah, man. Really appreciate you, man. Much you, you wanna, you one of the people that make me have faith in social media, man. Like I, I met Much on the socials mad years ago at this point, man. And you've been uh, a real friend, a real supporter, man. And, and just really show genuine love, man, to me, to Jay, to the whole shop talk, to the whole Twig family, man. Really feel like I've known you for a way fucking longer time. In a way Or from a way Different environment Than the socials bro You know what's so crazy uh, Cause Based off your relationship With Mach mm-hmm. From social media He started fucking with This podcast yep. And, Shop, and Talk. Shop Talk Yeah He done been Came from Vegas Up to the studio A couple times mm-hmm. And did Shop Talk I done shot a whole Comedy special for Mach mm-hmm. Met his family Met his moms The whole nine yards All from a relationship That started with Somebody else on the socials, on socials, dog. Like, Mach well, really give me hope in that shit, When man. we say th- this this podcast, when I say this podcast and shit, it's like really a lifestyle and a familyhood man. and brotherhood and shit like that. It's it's crazy. Man, it's super crazy, dog. Cats like Mach, cats like like Rob Silver, cats like D. Scott, man, Shay Jones, all, of, all the OGs and all the people who, you know, kind of popped up later. Um, it, it really is family, man, and it's really love and much. I appreciate them birthday wishes, man. It's my last year in my thirties, so I'm gonna definitely do what I gotta do, um, live it up and enjoy it, man. And and just know whatever subtle flexes y'all might get this weekend, forty's not gonna be nothing like it, man. It's gonna go crazy next year. So um, yeah, man, I'm enjoy it, dog. I appreciate you, bro. Um, yo, man, I I thought this episode of the shy had a lot of shit that could go in a really good direction. Um. If we oh, let's talk about another scene real quick before we wrap up. So we talked about that awkward dinner scene. What about the awkward fucking game night with the kids, yo? What the fuck was that about, bruh? Oh, it's two scenes that I man, um, bowling and then this. I don't know. That's just I don't know. It's just weird. 
Bro, like Papa had something going with old girl. You ever been around a cat who has something going with a chick and then like when the homies come around all of a sudden you start doing too much? Yes. Niggas start asking you shit like, yo, nigga, how much money you think I got? Like, wait, what? <laughs> like, how we get there? Yo, man, you still didn't even let you let you to borrow that sixty thousand. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, if you, I'm no, I mean, I know you, I know, I know you broke and fucked up right now, and I can help you. God, God. So, I really got a homie. I know like, he listens to the pod sometimes, so if he hears this, he's gonna know exactly who he is. But I really got a homie. He was around some chicks. That nigga said, "Yo, dog, I swear I just had twenty k on me." <laughs> <laughs> yo, literally went to the pockets like. Yo, did you see my Rolex? I can't see it. I hate niggas like that, and that's what Pop, Papa got mad in that bag. Like she was like, "Yo, me and my girl." He's like, "Hey, you, you, you know I'm not your girl, right?" She shut that down immediately, and I wasn't mad at her because one, she already told you, nigga, I can't really fuck with you till you 18. Let's start there. First and foremost, alcohol in the hands of a minor. <laughs> well, first off, none of us should be here drinking. Yeah, I'm only 19. we all in this bitch drinking and smoking. What's going on, nigga? And Marvin Gaye want to know. Uh, we both PKs. I can't go yeah. to Christmas like we. Um, it's wild that Kevin got emancipated. Yeah, <laughs> he got emaciated. That's just wild. <laughs> yeah, his hair's wild. Dog, okay. uh, yo, Kevin need a conservative shit. <laughs> <laughs> or he gonna get blind. Dog, <laughs> yo, um, yo, imagine Kevin in the crib dancing like also Spears. the. Gemma and uh and Maisha. Maisha. Like, yo, what's up with Maisha rap career? You whack. Yo, fam. Them bars is weak as fuck. Fam, you in there talking about 20 bands, Gucci, Louie, Dunn. You have no money. What are you talking about, dog? You have $800. <laughs> Literally. And you probably spent that. Like, So, and then more importantly, Maisha, dog. Or I'm sorry, not Maisha. Gemma, dog. Go a, to school. A, a rack for an hour in the studio? Why you at that studio? Why did you go there? Who are these two niggas? Because if I'm not mistaken, and I know I'm not, didn't she record that shit in Papa Closet? Man. <laughs> like, the, the hit song happened at Papa's Pulpit. So how about you go get them same mics and start there? I mean, Little John still records on a mattress. Come on, man. In a tiny home. Come on, man. Like, it works. You know, I watched the tiny house shit. Lil John made a tiny home. Yeah. On his prop on his on his big <laughs> right ass next house to his property. Yeah. <laughs> but he turned that bitch into a studio. Yeah. Like, Cause it's smart, bro. And Gemma, I know you, but she seemed like one of the people who come from money and you just think that when a nigga tell you some shit is the cost and you have it, that that's the cost. Negotiate, my nigga. Why are you in that studio with that girl? Come on, man. Nigga in baseline. What the fuck you man. in baseline? For? Come on, bro. You in baseline trying to create a song with these two producers who are also telling you mm, this song ain't really it. Well, guess what? I'm not doing producer man. I'm not giving you another thousand dollars for you to tell me that the song you're producing for me ain't a hit. She was like, uh, "I mean, it's alright, but like the streets ain't gonna fuck with this shit." She's really, alright, but she's not real. I really hate when niggas tell me what the streets want. Ain't no more. The streets is done, fam. Yo, y'all kill X. Let Zimmerman. Streets is done, nigga. I told y'all. Um, but Maisha and Gemma have that tension early, right, from the studio session that went wrong. But then the tension builds up later because at the game night, Kevin slips up when they having the game shit. Somebody said, Maisha was like, oh, Kevin, you cheating. That nigga was like, I would never cheat on you. What? 
now everybody looks weird, but Maisha looks weird because she like, what the fuck? Gemma looks weird because she like, what the fuck? So then when her and Jay get home later, she like, was something off with Kevin and Maisha or is it just me? Like, they don't give a fuck about that nigga. Fam, don't bring up your ex nigga who I stole you from That's my best friend, but I cheated on you a little bit or with you while you was with him. But don't bring him up, though. Because what, you still like this nigga? And then Papa looked weird because Papa like, hey, I'm, I'm sitting there with my new bitch. I'm over here with my new bitch who just told me she not my new bitch, but this my new bitch. <laughs> yeah, I like how Papa walked right through that <laughs> you not my girl shit because soon as they was like, all right, we about to go. <laughs> it was like, what y'all got to do? <laughs> we got some responsibility. <laughs> Papa's like, fuck it, nigga. <laughs> he got him a kiss, though. <laughs> he did get a kiss at the bowling alley. Still he played the, the Anita Baker. Yo, what? Their little energy is weird. It just seemed awkward. I don't know if it's because neither of them Think can about act. It. She's a 19-year-old trying to date a 17-year-old. She lame as fuck. Yeah. Like, and you're a preacher's... Like, you lame as fuck. Yeah, both of them kind of give me loser vibes, man. Um, Papa will always overachieve. Facts. And she is underachieving, so... Yeah, yeah. Um, Yo, man. Interesting episode of The Shy. Uh, definitely gave us some more talking points than previous episodes, and I really do appreciate that, man. I, the Shy is at its best when it's talking about real shit and not forcing it. Don't trope me to death. Give me a real issue and let's discuss, man. And this week, for the most part, they did that, man. Um, couple little rando things in there that I ain't need. Um Unnecessary sex scene with Tony Childs. Unnecessary cigar scene. Unnecessary character. Yeah, because I don't need her leaning on Duda going through all the members of the crew trying to see who's going to lead next. Like, he think he about to die or some shit. I'm like, like... What are you talking about? I mean... Who does that? Nuck is loyal, but he's not as ruthless as me. Bitch, who is? You kill a nigga for chewing gum. Nobody lives like that, bro. Um, all in all, man, this was a decent episode, man. I, I wasn't mad at it. We're gonna see where they head next. Um, you think Papa Dad die next week? Who knows? It's 16 episodes. Who knows? Yeah, he might not die until episode 12. He might man. die and Papa come a gangster. Um, I do think this is my prediction. I could be wrong, I could be right. I'm open to being wrong. Um, I think if and when the inevitable happens and Papa Dad gets killed by Nuck or Duda or whoever, um, that's gonna be the thing that changes Bakari. Yeah. And then Bakari's going to get his get back on Duda. And he's either going to kill Duda or at minimum he's going to kill Nuck. Somebody's going to have to die. Or he's going to kill that new nigga with the bad hairline. If Nuck kills his father, he's killing Nuck. Yeah, sure. that's that's what I'm saying. If one of them is the killer, Bakari's coming at him. Granted, new nigga could die. New nigga could die first and should because he's also mad unnecessary. Like, so he could be here so Bakari kills him. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, also, I need them to reduce the amount of turtlenecks that the crew is wearing. I need that to happen by next week's episode. Y'all probably got to go to, uh, to go get, uh, power dressers. Yo, cause I need them to know that you can get dressed up without a turtleneck being involved, nigga. Cause right now. You probably have a leather fit if it's on power. <laughs> Kane, he's going to find a way to rock some leather. God damn it. 
Um, yo, man, decent episode of the Shy, man. I wasn't mad at it. Y'all, let us know what y'all thought about the Shy. Follow him. I mean, follow uh, Rob Silver on Hitman Chronicles. Facts, facts. Follow Hitman Chronicles. Um, follow Mach Comedian Macho. Follow us at This Week in Culture. Y'all already know the vibes. This Week in Culture across all the socials. Hit us up. This Week in Culture Pod at Gmail Until next week, episode three twenty nine. We are out of here. Peace. <laughs>